What's up, world? It's me, your boy, Ice Motherfucking Nice. I would say my other name, but yo, straight up, that shit's a slave name, and I'm on the slow and steady fucking process of getting rid of that shit, so it's just a matter of time before I start telling you, yay, motherfucker, you better stop calling me by my slave name. I'm going to come up with a more Nahuatl sounding name here shortly, but I got to come up with one that I think adequately represents who I am, right? Uh, also one that represents a better last name for the family that I'm hoping to, well, not hoping to establish. I got my family right now, right? But moving forward, a name that I think is adequately suited for us, especially my daughter and I, right? So, in the meantime, I'll let you slide for now, you fucking sneaky fucks, if you call me Isaac. But moving forward, one of these days, I'm going to start saying, yo, straight up, you got to call me by my real name. And my real name is whatever the fuck it's going to be whenever I decide it's going to be. So, for now, ice motherfucking nice it is, okay? That's just a very long-winded way of saying welcome back to the podcast. It's been a long time since I posted one of these bad boys, and I am really much, very much looking forward to doing so here today. Mostly because doing so, I hope, will alleviate me of this fucking burden that I've been carrying on myself since, well, the last time I did a podcast, right? And it's not even the burden of the podcast itself. It's so much just the burden of everyday life, bro. Like, oh, God, what was I? Fucking emo kid, sad boy for life type shit, right? But for reals, bro, I don't know what the fuck. Actually, I do know what the fuck. And it's actually what I've been wanting. It's what I want to talk about today. I had some other shit in mind that I wanted to talk about today. And it was going to be more closely in line with uh, the ideas that I left off in my last, my last podcast where I was talking a lot about school, right? And it wasn't by accident. It wasn't by mistake. Um, I was actually scheduled to go to a conference this weekend in Pittsburgh. And I wound up inevitably, I decided not to go, right? And this is what I wanted to talk about. Should I, I wish they would have taught me in school. First and foremost, investing, bro. Like for reals, okay? One of the things that I mentioned in my previous podcast was the importance of investing and an attitude that I get a lot from my students was, yo, investing's hard. You need a lot of money. Fuck no, dog. All you need is $5. That's a mistake that I had in my mind for the longest time, and I wish that I would have been clarified. But again, topic for another podcast, right? Uh, as I was saying, I was going to go to the, uh, the conference in Pittsburgh to talk about a paper that I had written for my PhD program. Uh, it's basically was going to discuss the importance of Hip-hop, hip-hop education, right? I'm really big into hip-hop education right now. It's an idea that I picked up along the line somewhere in my days at UT Austin. And I've just fucking ran with it since. Back in the time, I thought I was going to be doing the philosophy of hip-hop, which is still very much a possibility, right? But I'm realizing now more that it's it's already established. The field of hip-hop pedagogy is established, right? So there's no need to break new ground when the ground is already there that is perfectly able to, you know, help me with what it is that I intend to do, okay? You know, shout out to Biggie and Tupac in the back. What's up, right? Um, my paper was going to be basically saying, fuck Shakespeare, man. Like I, you know, I'm not going to front Shakespeare's dope. Like, you know, now that I can understand what the fuck he's saying, now that I understand more of how it is that he went about writing his shit and I can appreciate it. Like I, I get all that. Right. But still to this day, I fucking believe that J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar, Tupac Shakur, all these motherfuckers are way more important than Shakespeare is. And not only are they way more important, but they're way more relevant. Okay. In the sense that, man, Shakespeare was a bougie-ass fucking person who came from a life of luxury. And people like myself, we don't understand what that shit, what that life is like, man. Okay? But I do understand what the like of someone like a Kendrick Lamar or a J. Cole or a Tupac Shakur is like. Because even though we came from different ethnicities, okay, the struggle is still shared in the sense that, man, like, bro... <sighs> I mean, I don't want to get too deep into the fucking familial issues yet, at least, right? But, you know, single-parent household, growing up in the fucking not fucking nicest parts of the city, even though here in El Paso, the supposed most safe city in America, there are still some pretty fucking rough parts, right? 
Um, just there's just so much, okay? And that I know for a fact I related more with the rappers who would sing about that kind of shit than I did with Shakespeare talking about fucking Romeo and Juliet. That's not a love story, bro. That's two fucking dumbass teenagers who fucking committed suicide, okay? Which is actually something along the topic for today's discussion, right? Not Romeo and Juliet. Fuck Romeo and Juliet, okay? Uh, suicide in general. I'm just going to be straight up about it, okay? Um, now, obviously, that's a stark differentiation from what we've been talking about for the majority of these um, little podcasts that I've been putting out, but also from fucking J. Cole, Hip Hop, Ed, and Romeo and Juliet, okay? So I'll allow me to, if you would please, the courtesy to build the train of thought in order to demonstrate adequately exactly why we're going to get from where we started, which was you know, just the hip hop education and J. Cole and all that kind of stuff to suicide, right? And I think the best way to do so is by further explicating exactly what it is that I believe that these podcasts are for, at least for me personally, right? I've been, even though maybe you're just turning on to this for the first time recently, maybe you've been following me since the first episode in that case, what's up, dog? I see you, okay? But it may seem as though I'm riffing like off the top of my head. And for the most part, I am. But what I am riffing is ideas that I've been working on, again, for a very long time, right? And one of those ideas is just why fucking study philosophy? Like, for real, this is a hugely important problem for me. If you've been keeping up, especially with the social media aspect, the Instagram account, ice nice underscore profe, Right. Um, you'll see that recently I had posted on a, 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 a picture, two pictures, actually, one that had a full list of the questions that I asked, but then one more recently about one question in particular that was, why is this important? And I talked about it again briefly in our last podcast, but now I'm moving it a little bit step further and saying, why should I even study philosophy in the first place? Okay. And different philosophers will undoubtedly give you different answers, but a lot of those answers, ironically, will usually convene around the same answers okay one answer is the obvious one that i've been discussing since the beginning of this podcast and that is well we study philosophy so that we can live a good life at least learn the ways in which we can live a good life yeah but for me personally and this is where i felt this is going back to the very beginning of this particular podcast when i said i needed to lay a little bit of the framework a little bit of the foundation if you notice my demeanor got a little bit serious it's not by accident bro okay I'm not trying to be serious. It's just that, damn, like, this shit does fucking weigh on me, okay? And it's part of the reasons why I haven't fucking done a podcast since Tuesday of last week, right? Because, well, you can't see, and I'm not going to move my camera because there's stuff here that I don't want the camera to see, right? But I have been working on a book that I'm trying to write because your boy, again, is trying to fucking liberate myself from these economic forces and be entirely self-sufficient. So you better fucking buy my book when it comes time, all right? Books, right? Anyways, um, I was working on them, and I started to realize as I was going through the process that, a lot of what my philosophy is, it's almost a form of self-healing on my own behalf. Like, I'm just going to be straight up with it. You can't see it today because of the way my camera is positioned. But again, addiction, recovery, relapse. Those three fucking things, man, are so... I'm starting to realize now more than ever that they are the hallmark of my philosophical career. And they're definitely the hallmark of my life in general. Since I was an undergraduate student, I always wondered to myself, like, what the fuck am I going to focus on when it comes to philosophy? Where is my lane? I got to find my lane in philosophy because, yo, straight up humble bragging shit. But I'm fucking good at all philosophy, honestly, except for logic. Fuck logic, right? Uh, I say fuck logic, but obviously I could fucking teach logic if I absolutely had to. I'm just saying it's not my favorite. That, you know, job security and shit, right? But, um, yeah. There's, philosophy is such a it's such a, a vast field of study it's, such, it's just everything philosophy is life life is philosophy right 
And as I'm progressing through my undergraduate and also graduate uh, career, thankfully in the graduate career, I started to narrow it down a little bit more. I understood that I didn't want to be a, a Western analytic philosopher for, uh, per se, right? I wanted to be a quote unquote uh, continental philosopher. I say quote unquote because it's unfair that they call it a continental philosophy tradition despite colonialism, okay? And it's, we'll get into all that here shortly. Um, but I wanted, I needed, I, I, I didn't know what I wanted to specifically focus on because Despite the fact that in philosophy in general, the field of philosophy, a lot of, you know, good philosophers, quote unquote, are able to expand past their areas of interests. I do so with the understanding that, man, there's only so much fucking time on this earth, bro. OK, and every choice that we decide narrows it. It narrows our horizon of possibilities, if you will. It narrows the ability, the, 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 the options available to us at any given moment. Right. And in my current situation, especially being a father, first and foremost, right, trying to be a good partner to my girlfriend, fucking trying to be a good philosophy professor, trying my best to be a good fucking Ph.D. student while still trying to live right, you know, exercise, eat healthy and all that kind of shit, get an adequate amount of sleep, drink water. I'm like that fucking meme where it's all that kind of shit that you're trying to do. And it's a little Barbie doll. It's all messed up. Right. Like, yeah, this shit. It's all of us. Right. And in between doing all of that, I would have to try to focus on fucking philosophizing about metaphysics, about philosophy of mind and cognition, about existentialism, about logic, about decolonial theory. It's too much. Right. So uh, even in my undergraduate days, I realized like I have to narrow my shit down. I have to narrow my field of study down. Right. And just within the past week, as I went back to look at this book that I'm working on. Right. I started to realize yeah, it's going to be addiction, recovery, and relapse. And it's not going to be for any other, re at least for now, you know, at least for now, right? Um, and the reason is because I think those three topics as a whole, they're going to be the focus, they're going to be the subsections of my book, I'm telling you now, right? Um, they are issues that I find to be very important, not just to myself, but also to others as well. We may not admit it, we may not feel comfortable admitting it. We might not even like talking about it, but I'm starting to realize now that it's it's an issue that is very pervasive. Thankfully, going back to the whole hip hop pedagogy, I see my boy J. Cole talking about it, whose importance is going to whose influence is going to be vastly far superior than mine could ever possibly hope to be at the moment. Right. So that's a plus. But OK, let's just get straight to it, man. I on top of all the things that I got going, and again, it's not meant to be like a fucking woe is I, because for one, understand that again, like the last podcast, it's kind of like I'm talking out loud in a sense to hope to try to make sense of it for myself. Also in the, in the hopes that doing so will help you make sense of some shit that you're going through as well, okay? I cannot fucking function and be the absolute best that I need to be in all the aforementioned areas of my life, chief among which being father and partner, right? Because after that, very few things matter to me, okay? If my mind's not right, right? But as we've been discussing through all these, well, as I've been discussing through these podcasts, is there's a lot of shit in my life, and no doubt in probably your life too, that occupies our minds at any given moment, okay? And that if we dwell on it for extended periods of time, I know this is certainly the case for me because, well, guess what? This is part of the reason why I didn't do a podcast for almost two weeks already, Right. Because despite all this shit that I fucking have learned and picked up along the way, I'm still in the recovery process, bro. I, I treat this shit straight up like fucking 
recovery from drugs and alcohol. I really do. Like the deeper I get into the recovery process from the 12 step programs, I'm not with it specifically because of the, the, the Christian underly undertones. Right. But a lot of what they say, man, I fuck with that shit. Okay. And one of the things that they say is that once you're an alcoholic, for instance, you're always an alcoholic. Okay. So for me, I take the same step in understanding that dude, like I have very depressive, if you will, I guess is the, is the right word to, to utilize in this, in this particular instance, but I don't want to, well, I just, I don't really care. Fuck it. I'll give that impression, right? Depressive, uh, inclinations. And most of it stems from the fact that I just love life. Like I really do love life, which is going to be weird given the topic of our conversation today being suicide. Right. But I love life so much that sometimes it, it genuinely bums me out. And what bums me out is it used to be the fact that I was going to die, for instance, but now it's the fact that I'm going to die knowing full well there's so much of life out there that I've yet to experience. I remember one case in particularly when I was uh, younger, I was sitting there and I was listening to a Pink Floyd album of all albums, right? It was a wish you it was the wish you were here album. And I started tripping out on how fucking beautiful this album was, man. I was just I'd heard I'd heard it before. It's an album that, you know, uh, that, I, that I listened to quite a bit when I was a younger child because of my mom. But this one time I was listening to it alone and the beauty of the album, it really resonated with me. And it was then that I started to realize that how many more of those albums are out there, for instance, how many more of these Pink Floyd albums exist that I have yet to hear that are equally as beautiful and could uh, potentially have such a lasting impact on my life as this particular album has had. Right. And then I started thinking the same about all the books that I've read and how the profound impact they've had on my life and all the books that I've yet to know about that, you know, could possibly do the same. And then what really, really, really dug the nail home in this particular instance was the realization that I could live for a hundred years and never even begin to scratch the surface on all these potentialities out there in the world that not just books and music anymore, but now just life experiences that I could never fully understand and that I could never, you know, fully appreciate because I could not live them all possibly within one lifetime. Life is just, it's too short. We have an infinite amount of possibilities available to us at any given moment, but only a finite amount of time, right? And it's that finite amount of time that really, really fucks with me because despite the fact that, you know, I want to be able to capitalize on life to the full extent that I can while I possibly can, there's things that keep me from being able to do so at any given moment, many of which, again, have fucking come up because of past issues that I've encountered in my life that have negatively impacted me. And just to tie it in with the whole fucking purpose of school and all that kind of shit, education that I never properly addressed. Right? And, I, you know, I could have lived my whole life potentially never having properly addressed. Have I not studied philosophy? Right. Had I not discovered the decolonial aspect of philosophy? OK, had I not discovered more importantly, my lane, right? And my lane in philosophy, at least for now, again, it may change in the future. My shit fucking varies all the time. OK, but for now, the aim is just to address this issue of recovery of existence, as we've talked about ad nauseum. Right. But also. Relapsing and the relapsing is what really fucks with me is because we like to think, for instance, that whenever we achieve some level when we leveled up, for instance, to use the current meme parlance that's out there available to us at the moment, we like to think that because we've arrived there, that our journey is now complete. And fuck, man, that is that cannot be any further from the truth, right? And where the decolonial aspect comes into place is because prior to this, 
my cat just got reintroduced to my house. I apologize. Prior to this, at least my decolonial uh, process, I was under the impression, because this is what is taught to us, not just through the schools of philosophy, but this philosophy in general is Platonic philosophy, if you will, is the underpinning for religious epistemologies. So even if you've never studied philosophy, you've likely heard this as well. And what that is, is this idea that there exists somewhere out there in this metaphysical realm, in heaven, if you will, these fucking ideal perfect forms, okay? And that we as individuals here on this imperfect, dirty, impure realm are simply striving to manifest in our lives these ideal forms in such a way that doing so will bring about a higher level of appreciation and understanding of beauty and knowledge and wisdom, right? This is such a fucking fundamentally flawed understanding of reality because it assumes that we here in this world can ever achieve perfection. And that is probably more than anything a driving force behind much of the neuroses that I personally suffer. And I'm going to go on a limb and say probably many people as well, right? And what I mean by that is this idea that not only do we drive ourselves to the standard of perfection that we're expected to achieve, whether it be in the form of societal expectations, like a fancy house, a nice car, a good job, a fucking loving family, right? Two and a half kids in a two-car garage. Now, don't get me twisted. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that per se. Here comes my cat. All I'm saying is, for those of you watching on video, right? All I'm saying is that in our struggle to attempt to achieve those things, oftentimes um, our lives tend to... They tend to become second. They, they they tend to become secondary. Our second lives, our, our rather our personal lives. Okay, as long as our public life, for instance, appears to be on point, right? As long as our house is on point, our fucking car is on point, our fucking you know clothes are on point. We like to assume that our lives are on point, and that thus we've achieved this level of perfection, and we no longer have to continue our developmental process because well, there's nothing more to develop because you already have everything that you're told that you need to be happy. At best, you can get a better one. You can get a better house, a better car, another house, another car, whatever the case is. And, you know, then you'll level up even further to use the, the, the parlance even more. And that that in and of itself will just prove that you're getting closer to this higher order understanding of the forms that exist out there. Bro, this shit is fucking nonsensical. And again, it's this Socratic understanding of reality. You strive for the fucking uh, theory of the, the perfect forms. But the real shit is, man, the perfection just does, does not exist, at least not here on Earth. Right. And this is where the whole recovery and relapse and addiction start to come into place. And what I'm saying here specifically is this is informed by the Nahuatl understanding the process of becoming. Yeah. We're always in a constant process of becoming. I'll give you an example of one of my favorite personal uh, influences, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. For those of you who are fans of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, like myself, you'll remember that they had a song. Well, they have a song. It's called Party on Your Pussy. Right. That song was written by a little funk band in the 1980s when all they could possibly think about was partying on pussies, right? Fast forward to 30 years later, and they had a song, they have songs that are talking about meditation and love and, you know, losing love and never possibly finding it again. And you would be remiss to think that those are the same fucking bands because how the fuck do you go from partying on pussies, right, to slow cheetah coming through the forest, right, to slipping away into the solar system? Okay, to wanting to scratch your back all day and I would not have it any other way. And you understand that the reason why is because the Red Hot Chili Peppers, like all of us, are in this process of becoming. Okay, and as optimistic as this process of becoming sounds. 
The only reason the Red Hot Chili Peppers aren't fucking the 50-year-old men right now trying to pick up 20-year-old women at a bar still trying to party on their pussies, okay, is because they took the time to reflect and grow and, you know, become, quote-unquote, better individuals because of whatever past experiences that they, uh, that they underwent through. But it's not, I'm not going to go on, I'm not going to say that it was a matter of luck because I don't know them. I wish I did. I wish we were friends, right? But um, I will say that it's more likely, it's not even more likely. They, at every single step along the way, faced the inevitable pitfall that was the, they could have slipped up at any moment. They could have, they could have made massive progress at any moment and they could have easily reverted at 30 years old, at 40 years old, at fucking 50 years old to go back to that same band that they were in the 1980s that were talking about songs that, that subjected and, glor- and uh, exploited women, okay? And that unless they, they walked the straight and narrow, it, it's, it wasn't a given that they were going to arrive to where they got to, okay? And this is exactly what this process of becoming wants to teach us. All of us, we are always constantly in the process of becoming. What we're going to become, the great Carl Sagan quote, I don't know where I'm going, but I know that I'm on my way, right? And for me personally, I know that along that way, I stumble quite a fucking bit, man. And what I mean by when I say I stumble, dude, there's days when I fucking feel like the world is, you know, the world is my oyster, bro. I'm the fucking, the, the, the pearl in the oyster, right? But then, and that'll last. And, you know, some of y'all be probably fucking uh, closet uh, wannabe psychologists right now. Well, Isaac, that sounds like, oh, you got a bipolar disorder. Maybe, bro. Or maybe I'm fucking just, you know, life happens. You know, shit happens. And we get fucking overwhelmed. And although we have these ideas of perfection that have been put in place on us, that we've been brainwashed and we like to assume to ourselves that because we've established them, because shit, for all intents and purposes, man, I have that kind of shit, right? But dude, it's, it's, it's still not enough. And if I get caught slipping, even for a brief second, the shit will fucking creep up on me in a heartbeat and drag me right back down. So what I mean exactly by, and this is, you know, now we're starting to work our way, not only towards the whole finding your lane and philosophy, but the whole, um, the notion of suicide as well. Like you, you might be saying to yourself like, God damn, that's still a fucking drastic leap to suicide. And bro, I get it. It really is. Okay. And also it's not meant to fucking, Take away from the concept of suicide. I think suicide is a very, I don't even think, I know for a fact it's a very serious issue because right now the rates of suicide are on the rise in the United States of America. And I, I don't think it's by mistake. I really don't, right? And um, I think a lot of it has to do with an inherent lack of meaning and purpose that people are starting to realize exists in a society that tells us that all we need to do is have meaning and purpose or rather all that we need to do to have meaning and purpose in our lives is again, achieve these ideals that we've been brainwashed since we were fucking kids. And that once we do that, that suddenly all of our issues will disappear. But no, man, like this is not the case, right? So where the suicide will come back into place, it's, it, it's informed by the philo- one of my favorite philosophers. His name is Albert Camus, right? Uh, and it's called the myth of Sisyphus, the textbooks, which is well, the textbook itself, right? Which itself is essentially just a treatise on, on suicide. The whole book is about suicide, right? Uh, Albert Camus starts to, the, the, he, the, the book itself starts by talking about that the only real question that philosophy should be concerned with is whether or not we should kill ourselves or not. Now, I know this might sound facetious, but the, the, the reality is it's, that's a very serious question. And it's a question that unfortunately is not a given to many people like myself. I wouldn't even, I, you know, if you would have caught me like 10 years ago, maybe even five, two years ago, I would have been like, unfortunately, 
because back in the day i used to fucking hate just suffering in general right whether it be physical but especially that emotional suffering that we all experience some of us do a really good job of hiding it others do a great job of drowning it out with alcohol and drugs like myself used to do right but suffering like i was i was never good with it right and to learn, especially in such a poetic way, as Albert Camus put it in The Myth of Sisyphus, that our suffering was essentially meaningless. It's meaningless in the sense that we live in a universe that is completely, it doesn't give a fuck about us being here. Like whether we're here or not is completely irrelevant to the universe, right? The universe is a non-agentive being, if you will, to use the language of the Nahuatl philosophy of Teotel, right? It's just non-agentive. It's neither good nor evil. The universe just is, Okay. So the absurdity comes into play where we as humans are desperately seeking to find meaning and purpose in an inherently meaningless and purposeless universe, right? And he likens it to the myth of Sisyphus here being this character in Greek mythology, I believe, who was punished by the gods to, he was condemned by the gods, right? Uh, to roll this boulder up and down a hill, knowing full well that no matter how, it was like this repetitive, uh, repetitive pattern of behavior, knowing that no matter what this individual did, they would never, Sisyphus, get the boulder to the, the top of the hill, right? That as soon as they got to the very, like, very close to the top of the hill, that the, roll, that the boulder would come uh, crumbling right back down on him, and that he would have to in turn turn around and then roll the hill back up the other side of the fucking, uh, roll the boulder right up the other side of the hill, only to have it repeat again, and then continue this process for all of eternity, right? And this, this is fucking maddening, man. Sorry for the dead air, but I need a little coffee in my life. It's fucking maddening, though, bro, especially when you start to realize you're Sisyphus. I'm Sisyphus. We're all Sisyphus, and we're all fucking rolling our own little boulders up and down these little mountains, and at the end of the day, being our lives, right, it may ultimately be meaningless and purposeless and that the only meaning and value that it has is the meaning and value that either was given to it by external forces or if we're fortunate in love enough in life if we ourselves uh, end up giving it uh, a meaning and purpose right so circling back to the idea of finding my lane in philosophy this this is where i'm starting to realize like yeah dude me personally i study the philosophy and my the, my ensuing philosophy all this that you're hearing is it's kind of like my own treatise in coming to terms with this fact and my own treatise in coming to terms with the realization that if life is intrinsically has no, if life intrinsically has no value, let's just assume that life intrinsically has no value, right? Then, and moreover, if everything that we're going to do is going to be in vain anyways, because whether we die and we get forgotten or because ultimately the sun explodes and, ta and, and, and takes any trace of human existence on this planet with it, it's all meaningless and it's all purposeless, right? Unless we as humans are able to get off this rock, preserve history and move to another rock that, you know, with a more stable sun and however billion years it is from now that the sun's going to implode upon itself, right? Any trace of humanity is going to be gone with it, okay? I, I used to always fucking think to myself, like, if fucking someone like Genghis Khan got, forget, got forgotten, right? Genghis Khan being, we always say shit like, man, fucking Hitler was an asshole. Yes, he was, okay? But bro, Genghis Khan was a fucking asshole at a level that Hitler could only dream of, right? Fucking Stalin was an asshole on a level that, that Hitler could only dream of. How Hitler got the fucking bum rap, I'm not saying it's not deserved, but Jesus, man. These people killed fucking far more individuals than Hitler ever fucking killed. And for the most part, many people don't know who Stalin is, despite the fact that he was a contemporary of Hitler. 
And many people definitely don't know who fucking Genghis Khan is, despite the fact that he killed so many people, apparently, that he altered the fucking carbon footprint of the earth. He, he fucking raped so many women that something like one in 200 people here on this earth today have his genetic, his lineage, right? Like, that is some serious, that's a seriously fucked up person. And unless you're a fucking history dork or you've been privileged to learn it in one of your classes, completely fucking vanished off the face of the earth, right? All that suffering that he caused on other people, all that glory that he allegedly achieved, like it was, what the fuck was it for if he's going to be forgotten, right? So when it comes to that, I start asking myself, like, well, what the fuck? What, am, what, 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 what is what I do going to be of any meaning and value, right? And more importantly, why should I even fucking bother doing anything if I know for a fact that doing so, it's going to be ultimately meaningless because I'm going to fucking die and it's going to take any trace of my existence with it the moment that people forget about me, right? And this is where the whole fucking depressive shit starts to come into place because on one hand, I have this inclination in me that wants to go out and fucking experience as much of life as humanly possible. But on the other hand, I fucking struggle with asking myself, like, why the fuck even bother, dude? Like, why bother do anything, okay? And, well, truth be told, this is part of the reason why it took me so long to do another fucking podcast. Uh, you know what? It's funny because I was actually on a fucking roll after my last podcast. I felt great, you know, just doing the podcast in general, whether I get fucking 10 listeners or 10 fucking 100 million billion listeners. I don't give a fuck. Just doing it in general. The act alone. I mean, I'm grateful for it for every last one of you. Don't get me twisted. But I'm saying it's like more so now than ever. This podcast is a huge source of joy for me. It's so I enjoy it so much that I wouldn't care who the fuck listened to it. I would still do it anyways, right? I don't care what I'm getting in return out of it. I don't, it's not a financial obligation. I got my job. I'm good. You know what I mean? And I was so happy. And then what made me even more happy is that I fucking for the first time had picked up these books that I've been working on and I hadn't fucking touched in over like three months because of just how overwhelming the whole process had become. I said books. I told you first book, but it really is books, right? It's three different books now, minimum. I hope I, I hope that's not coming up, but I apologize if it is, especially if it's, if it's deafening you, okay? But, you know, I had this huge creative surge and I just started fucking writing and writing and writing, going back to this book, you know? And then I got to like a really serious topic, the topic of suicide. Because again, for me, why study philosophy? Yeah, some people are going to say we study philosophy to learn how to live a good life. But me, again, me, we study philosophy to recover our existence, to recover our life. You got to fucking recover your existence first before you can even learn how to live a good life, right? And unfortunately, well, not, I don't want to say unfortunately. I just don't want to give the impression that I'm like some fucking, like I'm on, on the fucking fringe because I'm not, dude. I'm not, right? In the past, no doubt, right? But I survived that shit and I'm stronger because of it. But I asked myself. Like the Camusian question, what's the fucking point of it all? And why should I even bother trying? Why shouldn't I just fucking kill myself instead? That's the easy thing to do, right? And this is where we get to the podcast for today, the topic of suicide. Now, before I continue, I should say that I think this is a very, very serious topic. I'm not fucking trying to make light of it. In fact, I only talk about it from my own personal experience with it in the hopes that doing so will empower anyone who is or has been struggling with this kind of ideation to seek help. Like, seriously, fucking seek professional help, bro. Right? Um, but the idea of... it, What's the purpose of even prolonging the inevitable? Like, if it's going to happen, we might as well do it now and get it over with. Right? To which the philosophy, especially... And that's not my philosophy. The hood philosophy is my, my philosophy. And it's undoubtedly influenced by this shit. 
But much many philosophy, like the Camusian philosophy, for instance, is directly concerned with this, right? Um, another philosophy that's obviously very concerned with it specifically, not explicitly, but definitely attest to it, is this Nietzschean character, right? Um, Nietzsche's philosophy. Those, he doesn't necessarily explicitly state the problem of suicide. I mean, the whole treatise in, in Nietzschean philosophy is the understanding that, you know why only... You, you're only weighed down by these ideas, for instance, of eternity and afterlife because you've been fucking brainwashed by these Judeo-Christian values that tell you that an eternity and afterlife exists in the first place. You only are afraid of meaningless and nothingness because you've been brainwashed by a fucking Judeo-Christian under morality, more specifically, a Judeo-Christian morality that tells you that, you know, without God existing, that there is nothing, okay, that there is no meaning and purpose. But in doing so, what you are jeopardizing is the one experience that you honestly did have the whole time in the first place. And that is this one right here. By focusing on all this otherworldly shit, you're giving up on the only world that we know for a fact exists. This one right here. And you're doing so in such a way that jeopardizes and compromises your entire fucking experience of it, right? Your entire, the, the happiness that you're able to achieve while you're here, the greatness that you are capable of achieving while you're here. You're compromising all of that by being so fucking concerned with what comes after this life, right? So, with that in mind, the purpose of this podcast then, as much as I would love to continue, and I'm going to, I promise you, I'm going to. Um, again, just to you know, fill us back in, I was on that school trip because, um, the education trip, because like I said, I was going to go to that conference in Pittsburgh and I was going to read my paper, which I'm going to do actually, but for this podcast, right? I'm going to do it because fuck it, man. If I go to that conference and read this fucking paper, what are the likelihood that I get over 50 people listening to it? But with this podcast shit, who knows how many people I can listen to it. So I'll do it here instead. Right. But you know, it's just the school thing needs to take at least for what, at least for this podcast, for sure. Just a backseat at the moment. Right. So that we can get, I can at least get this off my chest, the idea of that this is what informs my hood philosophy at its core, right? The notion of self-overcoming. Like, it's, it's a matter of self-overcoming. And this is where the Nietzschean philosophy starts to come into play, okay? Um, Nietzsche's philosophy gets a bum rap because it's been co-opted by these dumb fucking racist fuckhead Nazis who probably never even, I know for a fact, not even probably Richard Spencer, fuck you, for reals, Right? um jordan peterson fuck you too right you, these people who fucking cite nietzsche but you understand clearly that they've never possibly fu- they, there's no way that they've read him because nietzsche vehemently he goes out of his way to make fun of people like that right um but you know still what he's talking about here is this notion of self-overcoming i'm just gonna get straight to it okay this is difficult for me to talk about but fuck it let's just get through it right it's self-overcoming, okay? And more importantly, the importance of not being sympathetic. You can already start to see how it's been fucking co-opted by the Nazis, right? When they think of themselves being non-sympathetic to anybody who's not of the Aryan race, for instance. But again, that is a fucking terrible, terrible, piss-poor understanding of fucking Nietzschean philosophy. It's not about a lack of sympathy for other people, bro. It's not even a lack of sympathy for fucking animals, for nothing, dude. It's about having a lack of sympathy for oneself. It's about refusing to be fucking woe is I about one's life. Bro, existence is suffering, okay? In fact, all of existence is suffering, according to this Nietzschean philosophy. But within this suffering, there is joy to be had, okay? And that's what makes the, the beauty, that's what's the beauty of suffering. That learning to find a joy in this suffering and learning ways in which to fucking 
manifest this joy in such a way that we can prolong it to have this extended period of attitudinal pleasure as opposed to just physical pleasure that you get from shit like drugs, alcohol, and fucking casual sex. Now, I'm not saying those things are bad. I'm just saying that they're not the keys to a good life for many people. This hedonic fucking lifestyle inevitably grows old, right? And if we're sitting around fucking moping about the piss poor dice, for instance, of life, the piss poor hand that we've been dealt in life, we're compromising every second, every second that we're spent lament that, are, that is spent lamenting about our situation in life is a second that could instead be used to overcome all those negative emotions that every single fucking person on this planet, irrespective of their ethnicity, sexual orientation, uh, gender, whatever identity you want to fucking label yourself with that we all experience, right? Yes, even fucking white people too, for all you people who think white people are the bane of your existence. Everyone, man, everyone. We're all in this shit together, right? So the idea is that the self-overcoming is to learn the ways to overcome all the, all the patterns of behavior, the self-destructive patterns of behavior, if you want to use my language, that we've accumulated over our lives that keep us from becoming the greatest thing, the greatest that we could possibly be in our lives. Now, some of us, like myself, we get down. I used to get down for sure because I used to think to myself, again, going back to this fucking nihilistic hole, what's the point in trying to be great if I'll never be LeBron James great, right? LeBron James or the NBA great. Maybe, but that doesn't mean I can't be the LeBron James of my life. Again, like I've mentioned before, dude, like the limits that we place on ourselves, we got to overcome those shits in order to live, right? A, a, a better life than the one that we're currently experiencing at the moment. The one that is driving many people like myself in the past to even consider suicide, for instance, a viable option to learning to just to the, to, to the unhappiness that I was experiencing. Right. Um, so yeah, this, 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 this matter of overcoming, sorry, I'm trying to look at my notes here to make sure that I get it all correctly. So if you notice me, keep doing this, right. That, that, that's what that is. My, my notes right here. Right. I'm just going to put them there. I don't want them to be seen, but there they are. They're not seen anyways. Anyways, um, the sympathy, okay, is associated with this lack of inner strength. And it's it's one that needs to be overcome in order to transcend the mediocrity. Now, the mediocrity inherent in society in general is an issue fucking in and of itself that deserves to be discussed in nuanced detail. But for now, I'm going to simply straight up say it that for now, it, it, it suffices to say that society in general it doesn't matter what society we're living in definitely this society now right it's all societies though historically we settle for bare minimum because bare minimum is enough to get by right and doing anything more than the bare minimum requires exertion on our behalf right and it's a lot easier to just get by or more importantly uh, more in line with this Nietzschean philosophy, it's a lot easier to bring the people who are seeking to advance past the mediocrity down to our basic mediocre level than it is for us personally to try to aspire to be great like other people. But this is terrible. This is the hallmark, if you will, it's a hallmark, if you will, of a slave morality, okay? And it's the fucking definite hallmark of a weakness in inner care, of inner strength, right? Because anyone can be mediocre. It's fucking easy to be mediocre, Right? The trick is in learning how to become this fucking quote unquote self-propelling vehicle, a self-propelling motion, right? This little ball of energy that does not rely, for instance, on extrinsic motivation to get moving in life. You don't need something like capitalism or the fear of fucking starving and not having a house or the fear of being laughed at because you have a fucking 20-year-old model vehicle in a bummy house, okay? Not You don't need that to motivate you to get up and do shit, right? 
You would just need your inner strength because you have found your own meaning, your own purpose in life. And I'm, this is a very, very brief summation of this philosophy. I'm going to get into it deeper, but honestly, for now, I'm just laying the foundation for my own shit now, okay? Um, inevitably, though, I will get into this deeper because it's more complex than this, but the idea is, listen, man, you've been given a boulder, and that boulder is what society tells you that you can roll up and down the hill. And you can gladly fucking roll that boulder up and down for all of eternity and then ask yourself at the end what it was all for. But you can also trade in that boulder for your own boulder. But the problem is doing so requires that you actually go out of the way to do so, right? Very few forces in this world are going to compel you to become the self-propelling motion of uh, 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 the self-propelling ball of motion. Like, for instance, this book writing. You want to be an author? Fucking sit down and write a book, dog. That's what I tell myself all the time. You say you always want to write a book? Sit down and write the book. But guess what? Especially for now that I'm not getting paid to do so, there is no extrinsic force that is fucking compelling me to work on this book. Whether I write it or not, the fucking universe is going to go on ticking like it ain't no thing, right? Everything is going to fucking go on without me, even without any notice that I was ever writing the book to begin with, okay? So if I desire to write the book, then I personally have to get up off my ass and fucking write the book, okay? Okay? And honestly, like real shit, this is this is a lot easier said than done because there's times when you just get this fucking poof, fucking flight of thought. We've all had it. You get you get struck by the muses, if you will, and you sit down and you engage yourself fully in whatever artistic endeavor it is in, in Denver rather, endeavor that you're invested in at the moment, and you commit yourself to it until it runs out. And when it runs out, you ask yourself, like, well now what? Okay. And that, that is where the fucking self-propelled motion sets into place because you realize now, well, fuck, just like the whole chili peppers in the process of becoming, you have one of two choices, bro. Your first choice is to fucking buckle down and keep plowing ahead, irrespective of how little creative, creative force you have in your life, uh, you know, influencing you to do so because you understand full well that nothing is going to stop that book from being completed, right? Unless you die, right? And you were completely obsessed with the fact that you have to complete this book because only in completing this book will your life have any sort of meaning or value or you can just give up you can just say why the fuck do i gotta write the book for life is inherently meaningless life is inherently valueless no matter what i do it's not gonna have any meaning or value or any purpose no one's gonna read the book the fucking sun's gonna explode and it's gonna burn my book with it right you can make all the excuses you want and if it, that 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 possibility is ever fucking present whether you're on page one of the book the first word of the book or the last fucking chapter of the book getting ready to write the last sentence the evils bro the fucking evil shit in life that's trying to hold you down to harken back to the whole hip-hop pedagogy right the evils from the jay-z song right illuminati got control of my mind soul in my body those shits are always present man and if we're not on our one two we're going to get caught tripping real quick. And unfortunately, this is where the relapse comes into play. I like to think that I've, again, from this fucking colonial epistemology that I recovered my existence and it's all good now. Now I'm just in the, proper, in the, in the process of recovery and my life will be great. Fuck no. It, it is a lot better than it used to be. Don't get me twisted. But at any moment, at any fucking moment, I can slip right back down into that hole. And all the progress that I made will be erased. And this draws up an even fucking bigger problem, man. Going back, hearkening back to that Pink Floyd album, right? You reach for the secret too soon, 
right? He's talking about his friend Sid Barrett in that song. Yo, Sid Barrett, who took the hit of acid, fucking spaced out, saw God apparently, and just left it all. He said, fuck this. He left one of the biggest rock bands, and it hadn't even become huge yet. They were, you know, big, but they weren't fucking 2019 Pink Floyd big. And he said, fuck it, dude. I don't need any of that shit. And he became this recluse, right? For me, it's not that crucial, bro. But the secret that I fucking discovered real quick is that in this recovery process, we have this fucking misguided idea that because we've made it to the recovery, that we're completely recovered. But we're not. We're not. That shit, the evils are always present. They're always fucking there, man. And if we're not strong enough to fucking, you know, force ourselves, to compel ourselves to sit down and write the book, for instance, to go out and go to the jujitsu class, to lift those weights, to fucking eat healthy even one time. Yes, even one donut, right? Is a fuck it's just a little bit of temptation. And that little bit of temptation is the real evil. Why is it the real evil? Because as soon as we fall for it, it gives us a false sense of security a false sense of comfort. And that false sense of comfort opens the door for many more of these physical comforts to come in. Oh man, I worked out all week today. I worked out all this week. I can have one beer. It's one beer is not going to hurt me, right? This is the mistake that I made in that last podcast with fucking when I had with Manuela on board. Now don't get me twisted. I'm glad that we had the podcast and I'm glad that I drank the beers. But I did so because on the previous podcast before that, I started talking about fucking the evils of drinking alcohol and I didn't want to sound like I was being a preachy bitch. Right. So I said, fuck it. I'm going to drink a beer on camera just to let her know that occasionally I still do drink a beer. The next morning, though, bro, I fucking regretted that shit so hard. And not just because of the hangover, mind you, but because, well, I didn't wake up early in the morning like I'm supposed to. doesn't matter for me that it's fucking Monday, Sunday, Friday. It's all one fucking long ass day for me from here until the day that they fucking bury me in the dirt when I spit my last fucking breath, bro. And it's a fucking race against time to try to do all this shit that I want to do in my life and fucking get it out of the way so that I can fucking sleep comfortably when it comes time to rest in my final resting place. You know what I mean? And just those two beers that I had, they fucking made it so that I slept in a little bit later. They made it so in the morning I was a little bit more foggier. My mind wasn't properly firing the way that I was hoping it. So it was a lot more difficult to sit down and read and write and all that kind of shit. And it just, it, it piled up upon one, it piled up upon itself to the inevitable point where my whole Sunday, at least the after the morning part, was gone to shit. The next thing I knew, it was time to go take my daughter to softball practice. And I hadn't done any of the things that I wanted to do all day. And because of that, I was in a fucking shit mood, dude. And that is all things that could have been readily taken care of by me if I had just not let that little bit of evil into my life. But again, you know, every now and then, maybe, I don't know. I haven't really figured it out myself because obviously I'm still in the process of recovery. But the idea is that at any moment, this fucking relapse is just lurking right around the corner. Okay. But you know, it's not that I'm not trying to mistake it for the desire to not let loose and have fun so much as the realization that we can readily lose sight of how difficult the work it is to self overcome, to overcome ourselves. Okay. And how it's an everyday battle that either every choice that we make, every single fucking choice that we make really does either strengthen or weaken our resolve. Okay. And depending on the choices that we make, we'll either live this life of happiness or we'll live a complete fucking life of shit. Like I found myself last week right and that had nothing to do with that alcohol that i drank that week it had to do with the alcohol that i drank the week before because damn i got a little fucking i got a little loosey-goosey i drank two weeks in a row and i was like all right fuck this shit dog you're gonna fucking put that alcohol down for a second not because i don't want to because trust me i love i love me a little coffee ale man but it got to the point now 
where they started to add up and started to, you know, I was devoting more attention to that than to shit like working out, doing school, etc. And then, you know, the, the, the fucking, the, the, the nihilism, the evils, they crept right back into my life and we're like, oh, let's make ourselves right at home here and fucking, you know, continue to strip the joy away from this life that I'm currently trying to experience. Okay. Now, conversely, is the understanding that in order to keep that at bay, I personally, not me, definitely me personally, but fuck man, you as well, like all of us, we have to remain fucking vigilant. We have to remain guarded, okay? To your level of militancy, that's up to you, man. But for me personally, I know my level of militancy leaves me with zero fucking room for error. It leaves me zero fucking room. It leaves me very little room for comfort, okay? And honestly, I'm going to be fucking honest with you. Like, this shit, it gets fucking tiring, okay? Um, like, I enjoy working out, for instance. I enjoy doing jujitsu. I enjoy eat, I enjoy lifting weights. I enjoy eating healthy, man. But honestly, there comes a point in time when I fucking have to force myself through that shit. I'm literally just going through the motions. Because I know that... I know what the consequences are if I don't, okay? And honestly, man, sometimes I just get fucking tired of it, Right? Um, I get tired of the whole process. I get tired of I, I get tired of having to be so vigilant. I get tired of having to be so militant. I get tired of having to be so strict with my fucking exercise and you know eating habits. And I wish that I could just let loose and be fucking a hedonic piece of shit and fucking be happy doing so, right? Because for one, it's easy. Two, it's also very comforting, okay? But most importantly, because Despite all the strength that I get, and you know, we didn't really talk about the strength too much, but the idea is simple. It's hard at first. Like one of the things that I've had to do recently in order to, because there's a lot of shit that I like to do in my life, but you know, I'm trying to balance all that with all the shit that I mentioned earlier that I have to do, like, you know, be a good father, be a good partner, be a good professor, be a good, you know, whatever, student. And I, I'm trying to do all of that while still trying to do other shit, like write this fucking book, fucking do this podcast. Now, again, it's not meant to be a woe is I, because fuck that bitch ass woe is I shit, Okay. Okay, I don't know what my camera's saying right now, but hopefully this is still recording, and if it's not, we'll figure something else out. Um, but I had to start waking up earlier just so I could have enough time to do so. So I usually wake up around 5.30 in the morning. That gives me two hours, for instance, to read and write in the morning, uh, get ready, you know, feed my dogs and all that kind of shit before I got to take my daughter to school, hit the gym, right, come home, do some more reading and writing, maybe a podcast if I'm not working, go to work, all that kind of shit, right, spend time with my family, go coach and all that kind of shit, right? And it wasn't easy at first, especially the waking up early part. But inevitably, right, the more that I did it, every single day that I didn't hit the snooze button, my resolve grew stronger. And it, even though it was hard as fuck at first, now it's pretty easy, okay? I say now, but I'm going to be honest with you. I don't do it all the time because, again, sometimes I get lazy as fuck and those evils, just like we're drinking the beer, they creep right back in. And they're like, yo, Isaac, don't worry about it, dog. It's fucking Saturday, bro. Who wakes up at 530 on a Saturday morning? Just relax, chill. You've had a long week. You deserve this. Fuck no, bitch. Get your lazy ass up. Get the fuck up because that's all it takes is that one fucking time, right? But obviously, man, like I'm telling you straight up, bro, I'm only 32 years old. And I've been tired of this shit long before I even fucking started doing it. Like, fuck, man. The idea of having to live a, another eternity after this, like, that shit is exhausting as fuck to me, dog. Right? Just thinking about it is exhausting as fuck. Like, honestly, again, this isn't a cry for help because if you fucking go out of your way to contact me and say, Isaac, I am worried, I'll say, fuck you, okay? It's not a cry for help. 
It's just a conscientious realization like, yo, life is fucking not easy. It's easy for some of us who are content with the fucking bare minimum, right? But that's the mediocrity talking. That's the evil talking. For those of us who who aspire to be the greatest that we could possibly be in our lives, shit is not easy, bro. And it becomes fucking tiring. Every day waking up in the morning, every day lifting those weights, every day fucking eating healthy, every day getting choked the fuck out of jujitsu, right? And honestly, I'm looking forward to the day when it's no longer an issue, right? And what I mean by that is because obviously that's not going to happen in this life. It's not going to happen until I'm fucking spit my last breath, bro, right? Now, don't get me twisted. I love living. Like I said, I fucking love life. I really do, okay? And I do not want to fucking die anytime soon because I want to be there for my daughter. I want to be there for her as long as possible, right? But when the day comes, I am going, hopefully, I say that now, like that Michael, that Mike Tyson quote, everybody got a plan until they get punched in the fucking mouth, right? Maybe. But I'm not afraid of it. In fact, I'm welcoming it. Like I said, not anytime soon, hopefully. But when it does happen, bro, no more struggle, no more worry, okay? At least, at least, I'll say no more worry because, again, going back to the last podcast, the worry will come if I did not do all the things that I needed to do in this life to ensure that the time that the brief fucking precious time that I had on this planet was not fucking put to proper use. Right. That instead of writing the books, that instead of doing the podcast that instead of spending time with my fucking daughter, with my fucking girlfriend, with my family, right, with the, with the few friends that I have. Right. That I spent it sleeping, being drunk fucking being sad, all that kind of shit. If that's the case, man, I can't envision a more devastating life at the end of it, right? Definitely the whole life itself, but at the end of it, when you're realizing, let's say that we're fortunate enough to see the the little deep, 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 the life slowly fucking flowing out of our bodies and realizing that, dude, all that time that you had to live a good, happy life, it's fucking gone now, bro, and there's nothing you can do about it, right? And that is the most haunting thing to me personally, okay? But conversely, if I fucking get to that point and I've done everything, everything that I fucking have to do to make myself be happy in life, to enjoy this life, fucking wake up early in the morning, read the books, write the fucking novels, write the books rather, read the books, write the books, do the podcast, teach your best fucking classes that you could possibly teach every time my students are listening to this right now. It's like, well, I'm still waiting for that class, bro. I'm with you, right? (laughs) Be the best fucking parent you can be every chance you get. Be the best fucking boyfriend you can be every fucking chance you get. Be the best softball coach you can be every chance you get. And you know what, dude? That shit is exhausting. Be the best jujitsu, the best weightlifter, the healthiest you can possibly be at any given moment. And when it fucking comes time to spit that last fucking breath, do so in a way that says, I am fucking coming home like an old, tired man, like a fucking soldier from this fucking eternal, long-lasting battle that is finally coming home ready to fucking relax, right? And yeah, that's basically the reason why I had not done a podcast in almost again two weeks because this is the fucking ideas that had kept me from doing so. The realization that, bro, this constant process of becoming dictates that it, this, is, this is not going to end. It's not going to end. I have to do this for the rest of my life. I don't have to. I don't have to. I could easily just fucking resign myself to a life of fucking unhappiness and just be content with living an unhappy life for the rest of the fucking time that on earth that I, I don't know how long it's going to be. Hopefully fucking a hundred more years, right? With my daughter next to me. But if I'm not fucking doing what I have to do to make me happy, what's the fucking point? What's the point of living those 120 years? Because you're not going to enjoy it, right? So yeah, like 
we we relapse we relapse the point that i'm trying to make right and hopefully through this philosophy that i'm that i'm creating this hood philosophy uh and the way that i'm spreading uh, spreading it through the books through my lectures through this podcast you know if i can share anything it's the philo- the, the lane that i've discovered in my philosophy in my philosophical career is that yeah we, it, the message that needs to be spread is this constant process of becoming that we are all in we are all always becoming okay and if we're not on our one two at any moment we can risk jeopardizing all the progress that we've made and slipping right back into this fucking hole that seeks to do nothing more than strip you from the glory and the greatness that you're capable of being and thus the happiness that you're able of attaining in this life for as long as you're possibly here right so that's my little tirade. That's my little podcast for today. I'm going to get back on a more consistent schedule. Stop being a fucking sad boy for life, right? What's his name? That fucking Post Malone cat that's got that always tired tattoo right here. I'm telling y'all motherfuckers, I'm going to get always sad tattooed right here in homage of Post Malone, that fucking hip hop legend Post Malone, right? Obviously, I'm being facetious. Don't you dare fucking hold me accountable for that comment right now. Yeah. So anyways, aside from that, here's my cat. And I hope you all have a great rest of your day. And I will see you all for the next podcast, hopefully soon. Until then, peace.